0: Your Bible. Open it up to First Kings chapter nineteen. First Kings chapter nineteen. As you open there, um, I was when I made my pre-communion snack joke. Let me just share a story. Michael and I went to uh, what is now called Catalyst Church in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and uh, it used to be First Baptist Church of Jacksonville. Well, now they have multiple campuses. They've had to rename the church, and it's called Catalyst Church. Very first weekend there, we go in to visit before we became a part of this particular church body, and uh, the, the greeters, door greeters, I mean, we're talking church of 2,500 people and five services a weekend, they hand us out packs of M&Ms, all right? I am already already on board. Like, if we have snacks every weekend, I'm good. Like, well, I get inside, and I thought this was just a pregame snack, and uh, I begin to eat the M&Ms as soon as we're seated. We're watching the countdown timer in the promotional video. And I'm like, man, this is kind of cool. You know, I, I grew up in Frank Clay. Like, we don't have things like this in Frank Clay. Um, well, then the pastor gets up to preach and says, okay, everybody get out your M&M packets. <laughs> I mean, mine's gone. Like, mine's gone. And he used them as an illustration to talk about money and, and how, if we're not careful, we'll eat or devour all 10 and never know where they went. And I was, I was the only guy in the church that needed a second packet. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, was, it was fun just to remember. So this morning we're going to be reading Elijah's Flea of Jezebel. And you know, as we read this, last week I, I preached on the end or the conclusion of 1 Peter, and we went into chapter 5. And something that I briefly mentioned, but I want to kind of bring back up and recite today, was 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, when Peter tells Christians, what? To be watchful. To be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like what? A roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That is your enemy, and he is seeking to devour you. Jesus calls him the thief. Do you remember John chapter 10 where Jesus calls our enemy the thief? And what does the thief come to do? The thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 1, we read that Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So what had Elijah done? Well, if you remember the Chapter previous to this, Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal, 450 of them. Remember, they make a sacrifice to them, and whatever God brings down the fire would be the God that Israel would worship. Well, the prophets of Baal for hours begin to sing and to dance and to cut themselves and and they cry out louder and louder. And, And Elijah, one of the most comical but also gruesome chapters in the Bible, says, hey, maybe he's sleeping, maybe he's in the bathroom, you know, maybe scream a little louder. So they do. And Baal is silent. Why? Because he's a false god. So Elijah says, hey, to make this a little more challenging, to show the power of my God, let's get about 12 jars of water, pour it on the altar, pour it in a trench around so, and then we'll see what happens. So what happened was God sends down fire and it consumes everything there. So then what happens next? Well, Elijah takes all 450 prophets of Baal and he kills them all. Isn't it awesome? Like, I mean, this is a Bible read. I mean, this is God's word. He takes the sword and slaughters all 450 of them. And then word gets back to Jezebel, the king's wife, because Jezebel was the one that had influenced, along with others, Ahab to worship false gods and was a follower and worshiper of. So Jezebel sends a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow, which is what? To kill him. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Okay, so just to give you a little geographical reference here, in this fleeing from Jezebel, when he reaches this area of Beersheba, I don't know why I'm breathing so heavy today. When he reaches, do you hear that? I'm breathing heavy, man. When he runs and finds himself in Beersheba, this is roughly a 120 miles journey. Okay, this is about a six-day travel. He is fleeing from Jezebel. And when you're running for your life, it's probably less than six days, but here he is. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down, slept under a broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God or where many scholars believe is to be Mount Sinai. If you remember Mount Sinai, Moses was in Mount Sinai as the Israelites were beginning to worship false gods, where he received the Ten Commandments. So here we read about Jezebel threatening Elijah. Elijah does what? He flees for his life, and he runs 120-ish miles, roughly in a few days' time, maybe almost a week's time, and then he leaves his servant there. Remember, this servant comes into the story later. To go look for a cloud that isn't there yet. Remember this this guy? Well, Elijah is running for his life and he is fearful. And when he reaches this area, he goes another day's journey into the wilderness. And this is when he's this is what he says to God. He says, It is enough. It's enough. He's running for six days or so, and then another day's journey into the wilderness. He is fearful for his life. And what's crazy to me is this. If you look back a few chapters, so whenever you get home tonight or when you're not working tomorrow, and you, uh, instead of sleeping in or watching Netflix, read like the, the first two chapters or the previous two chapters, and then read the rest of First Kings here, and you see all of these wonderful things that Elijah has done. I mean, you see Elijah bring back a dead child. You see Elijah cast or or call out to God and God do this miracle on Mount Carmel. You see other things that Elijah will do. He will anoint different kings that are eventually going to actually overpower God's people. And he's going to anoint and and, uh, enlist a new prophet known as Elisha. And all of these wonderful things. But here we see the prophet of God, the man of God saying, it is enough. I mean, after all that he has done, after all of the many beautiful things that he has accomplished and been able to do and the miracles that he has seen, he finds himself crippled by fear, overwhelmed with life. So here's, and, and just completely exhausted. So the question I want to raise today is this, and this may not relate to you personally right now, but I promise you, you live a little while longer you experience a little bit more life, you may find yourself right here. Let me just ask today, if you can, by raising your hands, anybody just exhausted today? I mean, just exhausted. I'm not saying because school's out and you've been watching on your Netflix for the last three days and catching up for the last eight months. I mean, just literally exhausted, overwhelmed, maybe even discouraged. If you would just be brave enough to raise your hand, just do so just you are literally maybe saying what Elijah says it is enough it is enough what i would what i would say is that if we were to be honest we may not be there right now but you have been there before and i promise you you live a little while longer and you do a little bit more life, you will be there again, where you find yourself at times in life just completely overwhelmed by the pressures of life. You feel yourself just completely overwhelmed and discouraged by all of the obligations and all of your roles and all of the commitments and all of the running, and then the kids don't obey, and then the grandkids are living in rebellion, and your your family is breaking apart, and and then your finances seem to go apart. I I mean, there's just so much of this life that if we aren't careful, we will allow to overwhelm us to weigh us down. And this is why last week I said to cast all our anxieties onto Him. Why? Because God cares for you. And, and we can truly cast all our anxieties onto Him. But maybe, maybe today you find yourself just weary just weary from the running at at the pace that you are running, and you find yourself just weary from the obligations and all of the commitments and all of the family issues and all of the financial issues. And then you find yourself instead of reading the word, you're just watching YouTube or Netflix because it's just easier and it's a lot less thinking and a lot less discipline. And instead of disciplining yourself, we're just, you know, we're going to our comfort foods or our comfort shopping or our comfort people or our comfort addictions. And here we are. We're just finding ourselves running and running and running. And then we find ourselves completely overwhelmed. And Elijah is pleading with God like Job did, like Jonah did, just take my life. It it is enough. I have been running out of fear from my enemy. Well, he is running from Jezebel. 1 Peter 5, 8 said what? That we, our adversary, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Maybe you feel like in your home or in yourself or in your family, the devil has been chasing you down. It seems like instead of running from Jezebel, you're running from one attack of the enemy after one attack of the enemy, and he seems to be attacking you. And here you find yourself saying, enough is enough. And what do we do when enough is enough? We find ourselves completely overwhelmed, defeated, discouraged, and we want to just give up. It'd be easier if we just gave up, right? It'd be a lot less stressful if we just gave in, the worries of life, just not care. just you know, instead of going to church, I'll make up my sleep time. Instead of reading the word, I'll just sit and lounge around lethargically, and, and instead of disciplining myself to get up, and instead of disciplining myself to go to work or to do what needs to be done, we find ourselves just running at such a pace, or running from this thing, from that thing, from this thing into that thing, and to a point of just pure exhaustion and weariness. and we have no point to go tomorrow. We have no point to wake up and do it again tomorrow. Well, here's what I've come to find to be true. Well, God's word's true, right? I mean, I believe God's word. Well, let me read to you two verses. And if you want to recite them, you can. One's in Matthew 11, the words of Jesus, when he said, Come to me all who are what? Weary and heavy laden. And he's addressing people who have been so exhausted because they have put their faith in religion and how they looked and how they performed and how they followed all the rules that it just led them to pure exhaustion and weariness. And Jesus says, no, no, if you are weary and heavy laden, guess what? Come to me and I will give you what? Rest. And then the apostle Paul told the Philippians at the conclusion of his letter in chapter 4, Chapter four, verse 19, he says what? That my God will supply all of your needs in his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So here's what I know to be true. Here's what I know to be true. If you are finding yourself in a moment or a season of weariness, God will give you everything you need. God will give you rest, God will supply your needs. So let me let me go back to Elijah now. So we've recited Matthew eleven, we've recited the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four. Let's go back to Elijah. So Elijah finds himself completely weary, completely exhausted, saying, "It is enough." What does God do? Well, Elijah falls asleep. Anybody else like to take naps? If I if I could make one thing a law, it would be that every person gets one hour of just sleep time every day. Outside of your eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12 that you get, it, you, you would be, it would be a law that you have to silence the doors, get the kids locked in one room, and you just take a nap. Whatever happens, happens, and you just do your thing. Not, I mean, that's what I would do because sometimes I find myself just completely exhausted. So a law, or So a law for napping, right? But no, here is Elijah finding himself completely exhausted. He falls asleep. What does the angel do? The angel wakes him up and at Elijah's head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. What did Elijah need in that moment of weariness? Nutrition and water, hydration. What did God supply him with? Money? No. What it was that he needed so then we also have to realize that sometimes our wants and our needs are two different things, right? So what we need in this season of life isn't necessarily what we want. So what we want may actually draw us to be more and more wearisome or more and more worrisome or more and more burdened. But what we need is always gonna be provided for the Lord when we trust him, when we believe him. So then Elijah eats and he drinks and then he falls asleep again. You know, cause he was probably just in the rim. He hadn't made it to the deep yet. He, you know, if he had his Fitbit on, it would tell him exactly what stage of sleep he was. And, and here he is, he falls back asleep. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and did what? He said, arise and eat. Why? For the journey is too great for you. So here is Elijah completely depleted, needing nutrition and hydration, falls asleep, is woke up from an angel, sees his food in this jar of water prepared for him. He consumes it and he falls back asleep. And then the angel touches him a second time. What does God provide him this time? Exactly what he needed. Why? Because there was still work to be done with Elijah. God was not done with Elijah. He still had work to do on God's behalf. Same is true, I believe, for each and every person that is here today. If you wake up tomorrow and you have breath in your lungs, God is not done working with you yet. But, you may feel completely overwhelmed and exhausted. So, how do I, how do I receive what it is that I need? Where, where do I go to find this bread and water? How in the world am I gonna be able to go and do the work that God has called me to do if I feel completely depleted and, and I find myself completely overwhelmed and weary? Let me just say something to you. And I'll I'll just be relatable here with you. There are times in my life that I wonder, am I truly doing what God has called me to do? There are times where life happens and we run at such a rapid pace and I'm at this thing and I'm at that thing. And and I, you know, I have all of these different things going on and I find myself running from one thing to another, from another to another, and I find myself questioning, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one that I have found myself questioning, am I truly doing what it is that God has called me to do? Surely if I was doing what God has called me to do, it wouldn't be this difficult, right? It wouldn't be this exhausting, right? I mean, Elijah has raised a dead child. Elijah has done many miracles for the Lord. He has done the Lord's work, and he finds himself completely depleted and on empty, after all that we've seen at Pleasant Hill, after all that we have done, it's just strange to me that I even find myself maybe not right now this day. I will admit that I'm tired today. why because we've been to five family functions in two and a half days or something crazy, and I fell asleep fifteen minutes into the movie I've been waiting all week to watch because I knew I was off this weekend I was going to watch this whole movie fifteen minutes in what what did I do? I fell asleep, but the movie played through because I was weary but But there are times in life where I wonder, am I really doing what God has called me to do? Surely it wouldn't be this difficult. Surely I would have more confirmation and more strength to do it. But here's the reality. All of us are human in and of ourselves, and we find ourselves growing weary. Fathering, parenting, being a mother, being an aunt, being an uncle, being an employee positive influence for anyone, being a coworker to someone that's difficult. I mean, there are just things in life that will grow you weary. And then you will begin to question yourself and think, boy, enough is enough. I guess I'm not doing what I should be doing. If, it was, if I was doing what God's called me to do, it wouldn't be this difficult, right? But here we see Elijah, man of God, miracle after miracle, finding himself in this moment of weariness, thinking enough's enough. So what do we do? Well, we take the word of the Lord at its truth to know that if we truly believe in him, he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So what it is that you need, if you find yourself now or three weeks from now or six months from now, you feel yourself just weary from life, you find yourself just constantly feeling empty and depleted, Let me just encourage you with what the word of the Lord tells us, that he will supply our needs and that Jesus said himself, if you are weary and heavy laden, come to me. Meaning we must trust in him. We must run to him. We must cling to him. We must be in his word. We must be in constant prayer and communication with our father in heaven who promised us. And then also in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 The Bible says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their what? Their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is what I'll tell you what the enemy wants. And your your definition here will be a little bit differently than mine. But this is what Satan wants me to do. He wants me to be so overwhelmed, wearied, and discouraged that I would leave that pulpit behind. That's what he wants me to do. Maybe you're not a preacher, but you're doing things for the Lord. That's what he wants you to leave. The devil wants me to grow so weary and so worried and so discouraged that I neglect my responsibility to love my wife as Christ loved the church and appoint her to Christ. He wants me to grow so weary and feeling of inadequacy that I neglect the responsibility I have to train up my four children and in the instruction and the discipline of the Lord so that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. That's what he wants me to do. He wants me to just throw in the towel because I am tired. Anybody here tired? I've already asked you once. Anybody here just exhausted? I get it. He wants you to look at all of the burdens and all of the weight and to believe in of yourself that you just can't do it. It'd be easier to just step down. It'd be easier to leave it all behind. It would be easier to just kind of go through the motions instead of being disciplined and present as a parent or as a grandparent or as an employee or as a brother or a sister or a son or daughter. He he wants you to be so overwhelmed and wearisome that you would just cry out like Elijah and say, enough's enough, I'm not doing it. I'd rather not do any of it. That's what he wants. But guess what? You don't always get what you want, right? We teach our girls that. So just as my nine-year-old wants a lot of things and she's not getting a lot of things, you don't always get what you want. And that's what I have to remind my enemy, my adversary, the devil. He doesn't always get what he wants because I'm going to, even when I find myself weary, go to the word of the Lord and remind myself that, those who wait for the Lord, those who trust in the Lord to supply them for their, with their needs, they shall what? They shall renew their strength. So even though I feel weak and I feel tired and I feel overwhelmed right now, guess what? God will restore my strength. God will restore my joy. God will restore my hope. Even though I may feel like I am running at such a rapid pace that I can't catch my breath and I'm overwhelmed and exhausted and finding myself just completely discouraged with all of the things going on and all of the roles and all of the meetings and all of the commitments, I shall run, but I shall not grow weary. And even though they walk, they shall not what? Faint. So I want to leave you with this today. If you find yourself running from one thing after another and you find yourself as Elijah was fearful, overwhelmed, discouraged, and just flat out tired, I would want to plead with you to run to the Lord and to trust in Him. You might feel weak right now, but tomorrow God may restore you fully strong. You may feel tired right now, but with God and highly caffeinated beverages, you may feel wide awake tomorrow, right? I mean, you may feel completely overwhelmed and the weight of the world is resting upon your shoulders and you don't know if you can carry it any longer. You don't know if you can walk any more. You don't know if you can run at any faster pace. Guess what? I promise you, if you trust in the Lord, if you wait on him. If you walk and step with him, and if you cling to and run to him, he will give you the rest, the strength that you need. So just as Elijah was provided a nap, food, and some water, God will supply you with everything that you need. So why did Elijah run? He was fearful. What did God do? Supply his needs and to tell him, hey, I'm not done with you yet. So the reason the devil wants you to stop where you are is because he may be aware that God has more work for you to do. We have seen wonderful things at Pleasant Hill. It would be giving the glory to my enemy if I were to step down when I grow weary. But I believe that God's gonna renew my strength daily because God still has more work for us to do here. As a church, we might be tired. As a church, there's a lot going on. As a church, it's a busy season. We have VBS, we have camp, we have men's ministry. We have all of these things going on. And if we are careful, we'll just grow weary, go through the motions and forget to do our diligence and to preach the gospel and to exhaust ourselves completely knowing that the Lord will renew our strength. The reason the devil wants to devour you is because you are a threat to him and God has work for you to do. Let us pray.